Well, we've been looking at, uh, for the last, I think it's 10 weeks now, a series called The Spirit of Offense. And with that, then we looked at how the key root of offense is rejection. And then from rejection, we've been looking at the three essential loves of our lives. A lot of what I've shared stems from this truth in Matthew 22, 37 to 39. I'm going to read it again. I've read it many times. And I'm going to read it over and over again because Jesus said all of the law and all of the prophets are summed up in this. The spirit of the law is something you and I still live and walk out through our living every day. There's been a misnomer, a misunderstanding. We have categorically come up with a phrase that says we're not under the law. No, we're not. I don't, I don't have to. Uh, <clears throat> I am not bound by a law that legalistically tries to bring me to a right place with God. But does that mean that the things that are in the law aren't virtuous? No, they are virtuous. But nobody by a black and white decree or by a law in this land or in any place can bring good virtue out of you. Good virtue was missing in humanity after the fall. And so the law was given to show us how far we've fallen and how badly we need a Savior. But some Christians take the attitude, well, anything to do with the laws of God from the Old Testament, all of them are just absolutely have no value to us. I said a couple of weeks ago, try taking away the law that says thou shalt not steal. How many of you want to live in an environment where the understanding that shall not steal is taken away from the community and everyone is devoid of that concept? How many of you want to move there? <laughs> Jesus said all of the law and everything the prophets were about is fulfilled in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Guys, I, I said, I want to be guilty of this. And as a shepherd, I want to be guilty that I'm constantly urging you to love God passionately. And if that makes me a little irritating at times, good, because it's only the flesh that gets irritated. And if you get irritated, I got a great series. It's all about the spirit of offense. <laughs> I want to be guilty of loving God passionately, and I make no bones about it. I want to be guilty of leading you down the same pathway. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Do you know why it's the first and the greatest? Because when we really start to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our mind, when we love him passionately, we will be in his presence on a regular basis, and everything else will change. We want to fix all the problems around us, all the problems down here. <laughs> and Jesus made it really clear. Get this right, everything else will flow down from the head. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't take shortcuts with God. Because you might get to where you want to get in the natural faster, but you've actually shortcut your life. You've shortcut your marriage and you've shortcut your family. Now, I don't apologize for saying that. 
And if that runs right across the way you're living, I don't apologize for saying it. When we get our lives right with God and we put him back in the rightful place and he becomes the passion of our hearts, everything else will come together. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me take a different scripture. Let me take it from another angle because Jesus took it from another angle. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Where's the priority? The priority is get it right with God. Be passionate about God. Be passionate about God. Be passionate about God. He says, love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Uh, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Very similar. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. <laughs> this is divine order. We try to get our love between a husband and wife right. And we try to pull the plank <clears throat> we try to pull the twig out of their eyes while sometimes there's still a plank in our eyes. I'm going to tell you, 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 the number one key to successful marriage is to immerse yourself in God so much so that you talk like Him, you walk like Him, you look like Him, you smell like Him, you act like Him. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, It'll be very hard for the person that you want to love you to not love you. I, I do so much marriage counseling, especially in the past. And uh, <clears throat> years ago, uh, years ago when I was younger and a little bit more smart-alecky, I came up after having pastored for about 10 years, I came up with an idea. I never did it, but it was an idea. I'm going to put a sign on my office door. Have a little problem? Fast and get with God for a week. Have a big problem? Fast and get with God for two weeks. Have a humongous problem? Fast 30 days and get with God. <laughs> People sometimes look to me to be their answer. I'm going to bring you right back to the answer, and that is your life will level out to the degree that you let God in on every level. Amen. I, I, I can put it another way, but it wouldn't be the truth. I'm committed to the truth. And in this series, what we found is God loves you. And we have to love God. And we have to love us. And then we have to love others the way we love us. I made a statement, and we're going to put it up on the screen. To the level that you understand that God loves you. To the level that you understand it. And let me tell you right now. <clears throat> you will never exhaust that pool of revelation. Because when I thought I understood how much God loved me, he took me to a whole nother depth of water. And when I thought I was comfortable in that and I really understand how much God loves me, he took me to another pool that was even deeper again. To the level that you understand that God loves you and to the level that you love him you will be able to love yourself. All my issues of self-love and all my issues of inferiority and fear were washed away as I was washed in the revelation of how much God loves me. And the more I've loved Him, the more I see how much He loves me. So to the level that you understand that God loves you and to the level that you love Him back, you will love yourself. I'm reading both sentences at one time. Sorry. 
to the level that you understand that God loves you and to the level that you love Him, you will be able to love yourself. And to the degree that you know God passionately loves you and you love Him and you love yourself, you will be able to passionately love others. If all of the Old Testament and all of the Word of God is summed up in these three things, then you and I, it's okay if 52 Sundays out of the year we preach just on this subject. Because in preaching on this subject, we'll get everything else right. The more I, I learn to love Him, the more I learn to love me. The more I learn to love me, the more I can love you. The truth of the matter is, even those of us that are givers, there's takers and givers in life. The truth of the matter is that givers give so that they can get some sense of validation in return. And that's not the purest form of love. It's good, it's noble, it's honorable. But the purest form of love genuinely comes out of when we have a wholesome self-respect. We respect ourselves and we love ourselves. Then the love we give is a purer quality of love and a higher grade of love. If you think you're absolutely the worst and you have no respect for yourself, then the love you have to offer me can't be that great. Good preaching, Pastor Ron. But the more you love yourself and the more you treat yourself with respect and consider that you are of great worth and you have great value, that's the love I want to get from you. When you can love yourself the way God wants you to love yourself, the love you have to offer others is a love to be gained. And so this morning I'm going to be speaking a little bit on the language of love. And if we were... Uh, a time-conscious church, I've got seven minutes. <laughs> the language of love. Love languages. Most times, we usually love others the way we want to be loved. That's not loving them. That's loving ourselves because we're doing what comes naturally to us. Not what we have to make an effort to do. Love isn't a chemical or physical reaction. Love is a choice proven through sacrifice. Let me ask you how much, let me ask you all a question. How much does God love you? <clears throat> God so loved the world that he gave. God measures his love in sacrifice. Nobody understands love better than God does. And so God's opening statement is, God so loved the world that he gave himself. Love is measured by sacrifice. Many times we just love other people out of how we want to be loved. It's just what comes natural to us. And there's no sacrifice. There's no effort. It's easy. That's not loving them. That's loving ourselves. Because we're sticking, we're, we're wanting to have a relationship on a basis that's convenient to me. I thought so when I wrote it. Thank you, Galen. God chose to love us, and we know the level to which God loves us by the level of the sacrifice he made for us. You can say you love a person, but if you can't love them in their love language, you're still operating out of a selfish love. 2 Timothy, 
I'm going to put this scripture up. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to, I, I am not overstating anything. I want to show you something here. Sometimes I think we, we read scripture with religious glasses and we lose the depth of what the Spirit of God has to say. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Just verse 1. Just verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Hello. That's like reading the newspaper. Mark this. Write it down. Get your highlighter out. There will be terrible times in the last days. Now that's, that's an attention-getting statement, isn't it? And I'm ready now to read about how planets are going to fall out of the sky and how uh, the earth is going to dry up. And uh, I, I'm ready to read about all these disastrous things. And this is what Timothy says. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Let me read that again. There will be terrible times in the last days. And then he says, people will be lovers of themselves. I was waiting for an asteroid is about to hit planet Earth. The next global extinction. You see, God says that when you are caught up in yourself and you love everyone else in a way that's convenient to you, that's not love. And when we are lovers of self, that's the beginning of a worldwide demise. I guarantee you, you never stopped reading between verse 1 and verse 2 and made this comparison because I never did. But as I was preparing this sermon and I'm reading, mark this, write it down. There are going to be terrible times in the last days. And I start thinking of all the horrific things that can happen. And he says, number one, categorically, people will be lovers of themselves. What does that mean? It means that every horrendous thing that takes place is because we care about us more than we care about us. I read last week, you've read it many times in your Bible, John says, don't say you love God when you hate your brother. Life is about relationship. It's not about who's going to make the best laws or rules or programs in government. Because let me tell you, even the guys who make the rules, they don't keep them. Have you ever noticed that? Even the guys, you know, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Most of the time they don't do what they say. And then number two, them and people under them. How many of them are just going to be totally committed to fulfill every word that ever came out of any president's mouth? The problem is there's sin in human nature. And we fail. And the problem is, That when the going gets tough, most people do what's convenient for them. It's got to change. And I'm not talking about the streets of Chicago or anywhere else in the United States. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. Because judgment comes here first. Amen? So he says, people will be lovers of themselves. And lovers of money. Instead of being generous, instead of being helpful, instead of being quick to give, we hoard, we hoard, we hoard because we're going to look after this person. Do you understand <clears throat> the first part of verse 2 and the second part of verse 2 are the same thing? When you become a lover of money, you love it for what it can do for you, not for what it can do for others. And what separates it is this. When you love it for what it can do for others, it means you're willing to give it away. But when you're a lover of money, you're not willing to give it away. When you love money, you want that thing attached to you. Hello, everyone. How are you out there? 
We're live streaming on several levels. You can go for it. I don't mind. That's great. <laughs> Just make sure you get my best angle. Hey, Jade, you got competition down here. Relationship, it's everything to God. It's everything to God. And if we're not doing relationship right, let's stop making believe we're really spiritual. Because to be really spiritual is to care about getting relationship right. And so he says, people will be lovers of themselves. They will be lovers of their money. They will be boastful. They will be proud. They will be abusive. They will be disobedient to their parents. They will be ungrateful and unholy. And all of this will lead to terrible, terrible last days. Terrible enough you need to mark it, Timothy said. I thought that was pretty stunning, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Because all the woes of life come from having the three essential loves abused and misused. All the atrocities that humanity has ever per perpetrated on another all come back to a failure of understanding and living out of the three essential loves. And Timothy goes on to say, uh, <clears throat> they will be without love, verse 3, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Self-control isn't what's convenient. Doing what you want is very convenient. Self-control is not convenient. Self-control is putting the brakes on yourself. Self-control is putting a bit in your mouth. Self-control is reining yourself in. When we love ourselves, we don't give a hoot about anybody else, and there's a lack of self-control. We just do what suits me. And that very much has become an attitude in society. Yes, if there's a major crisis, we all rise to the challenge. And as soon as the major crisis is over, it's every man for himself. And the Bible says this will increase in the last days. Hello, we're here. I love the fact that the Word of God preaches to me first. And it preaches to all of us. Don't read this and say that's what's happening in the world. Let's read this and say, God, please don't let this happen anymore in me. Can I get agreement? And you know how I know he's preaching it to us? Because number one, this wasn't in the newspaper. This is in the word of God to the sons of God. And number two, it says in verse five, uh, let me finish verse 4. Treacherous, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We need to reverse that. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We need to reverse that. If you don't want to fall into the possibility of being in this mix, then reverse that right there. Just reverse that. Because if you become a lover of God more than a lover of self or of pleasure for yourself, the love that you have for God and the passion you have for God will start to fix every ailment, every disorder, every broken chain in your life. It'll start to bring everything in order. People want me to fix issues in their lives without checking them on their passion and their fervency for God. And I'm going to say it categorically. All your problems will get fixed if you get really passionate about God. There's no substitute. I, I cannot. Look, I'm not a politician. A politician could take this scripture and totally rework it and make it sound in a way that you'll all vote for him. Okay? 
And if I could do it, I refuse to do it. It is what it is. It is what it says. And the onus is on us to make sure that we've got a passionate relationship with God. Amen. <laughs> All right. Verse 5, having a form of godliness. This is how I know he's talking to the church. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then he says, have nothing to do with those people. Wait a minute. Those people? That's me sometimes. I'm not saying that's you sometimes. But I will say this. Most of us are like the rest of us. That's me sometimes. I need to keep changing. I need to keep getting close to God and let Him soften my heart. And I'm telling you that categorically as your pastor. I need to keep getting closer to God and let Him keep softening my heart because I haven't arrived. And if you're disappointed in me because I haven't arrived, I got a great sermon series. And I also have a mirror, because you haven't arrived either. So we're going to take a minute and look at some of the love languages. This is really important. You may have seen the book. You may have read the book. You may have heard people talk about it. But if all the law and the prophets hang on, Loving God passionately, loving yourself, and if you can't love others well until you love yourself well, then the love languages are very important. And by the way, God speaks all five love languages. He does acts of service. He gives gifts. Yeah. He touches us. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritually, he touches us. He gives us words of affirmation. And he wants to spend quality time with him. We're the ones who sometimes don't spend the quality time with him. Amen. He wants to spend it with us. We don't always spend it with him. So, <clears throat> there are five love languages. <clears throat> what I've done is I've written a survey. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I did not write. I printed a survey. I have nothing to do with this. I'm not trying to disavow myself from what's written in here. I don't want to take credit for something I didn't do. Uh, Gary Chapman wrote a book, The Five Love Languages. I recommend everybody learn these and learn these well. In fact, there's a survey for couples, and it basically is the same as a survey for singles. But this is what I'm going to tell you. Since Jesus put such a premium on relationship to the point where he says you've got to love God and love yourself and you can only love people as well as you love yourself, since that is such a premium and all of the law and all of the prophets hang on that, then you and I have got to learn to speak multiple languages of love. I know how to speak the love language that suits me. I play the music I like. And so I speak to other people the love language that I like. But I have to learn the love language of the people around me so that I learn to speak their language. Amen. That's right. Some years ago, probably about 10 years ago, I was doing a lot of marriage counseling. <clears throat> and by the way, so everyone knows, more and more, I am raising up the pastors in this church to do the counseling because I feel very clearly, and so does my team, that God is calling me to still be the senior pastor here, but to start writing books and to raise up training centers, and there are a few other things that are on the horizon. And so the pastors, Pastor Jan, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Tom, Pastor Steve and Amy, more and more are stepping up into that counseling position. I would love to counsel everyone, but God is calling me now to also start 
putting my attention into writing training manuals more and more, to putting the Bible college online, to very likely even writing books and just get the word that he's put in me out there more and more. How many of you feel like, yeah, that sounds like God is doing that with Pastor Rob? How many of you, can I get a vote of confidence here? All right. And we have very able pastors here and uh, still under my direction and uh, the leadership. We're a team. I submit to them, they submit to me. You could go to any of the pastors and say, all right, Pastor Rob gave us permission to ask you this question. You have pastoral care meetings on a Monday. Is it true? Does he ask a question and then really go around the room and ask each person their opinion? I know what they're going to tell you. I know what they're going to tell you. We submit one to another. And while I have the ability to just run at 100 miles an hour and, you know, uh, I also understand God put good people around me and we're a team, and we're a body. And if I only see things through one perspective, I could miss the greater truth or a better answer. Hello? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I am not uh, the be-all and end-all. He is, but we have a great team. Amen. But uh, about you know, 10 years ago, I was doing a lot of marriage counseling, and I had the same situation over and over again. I'd have a wife who's crying, and a husband who's really annoyed. And uh, we start the counseling, and out of her mouth will come, he doesn't love me. And the guy who was angry just got even angry. He said, that's not true. Pastor Rob, that's not true. I had to make a rule. Okay. The rule is each person has to be free to speak and say what they think. That's their perspective. I will not jump on the bandwagon. You have to trust me. Don't interrupt them. Let them share what they think. I will get to you. And then you share what you think. What you think may not be the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But it is your perspective and therefore it is your truth. But I understand it doesn't necessarily condemn the other person. Everyone understand what I'm talking about? And so these are one of the rules that we lay down. Uh, but <clears throat> after several years of hearing a, a wife tell me my husband doesn't love me and the husband turning it around saying, that's not true, she doesn't love me, I went to God very seriously. I take my position here extremely seriously. I, I told you, I don't, I, I don't go to websites and pull up sermons. I pray and I say, God, what is it you want to tell your people? And that's how I've handled preaching for the last 30, 40 years. That, that, that's just the honest truth, okay? And the same with counseling. And so because I kept getting the same dilemma over and over again, I, I went to God and I actually fasted and prayed. I said, God, you got to give me a revelation here. Because it's like the same counseling session every time. The wife is convinced he doesn't love her. And he's convinced the wife doesn't love him. And God started to give me a revelation about gender love. Now, I'm going to talk about that right at the very end. I'm going to talk about gender love. But right now, I'm talking about the five love languages. And one of them is words of affirmation. You know, to me... I thought my relationship with my dad was okay, but even though I never heard him say, I love you. And God set up a scenario where I got a healing through that. It was me and my dad, and I heard him say it, and I didn't realize how important those words were to me until God started to put a finger on an emptiness in my life. And he brought tremendous healing, and my relationship with God went to a whole nother level again. Words of affirmation. Some of us, we, all we want to hear is a compliment. All we want to hear is, hey, you're, you're a great person. I really appreciate you. Not baloney, not just hot air, genuine compliments, validation. I remember there was a time in Australia, um, I started as a song leader. 
And I was in my dad's Italian church, and I was asked to help out at a much larger Australian church. And uh, I went and did Bible school there, and the pastor, he was one of the key men in the city, and so they would have citywide crusades, and he would ask for me to be one of the song leaders in the citywide crusades. We had people like Youngie Cho would come, and a lot of the very, very well-known uh, international guest artists. And I'd get up on the platform, and I would lead the night that I was asked to lead. Now, I never had a great voice like Pastor Steve, all right? I, I, I was blessed in that I, I was Italian, so everything in me would move when I'm leading worship, and people just got passionate by my expression. But Pastor Steve and the team up here, they're, they're gifted with great voices. Thank God the team in the back usually take my volume out during praise and worship, okay? You are blessed because of them. But I remember this one particular event. Um, we had an international speaker and the churches had come together. And it was my ver the very first time I had been asked to song lead on a citywide basis. And my dad, all the pastors were asked to sit on the platform. And uh, I heard these Australian pastors saying, who's this kid? Where did he come from? And I turned around and I saw my father weeping. And that's how I knew that I had his approval and his validation. Words of affirmation are very, very important. And to some of us, being told, well done. I love you. I appreciate that. And so I, I decided after God did this huge healing thing in me that when my kids were born, I'd always tell them I, I love them. And, uh, and, and I genuinely do. But that's my love language. It's one thing for me to say, Amber, I love you. And I'm happy to put this on the airways and for everyone to know. That's my daughter right there. See that beautiful girl? That's my daughter. She's going to kill me later. <laughs> You know what we do as Christians sometimes? We find someone we don't like and we say, I love you with the love of the Lord, but I hate you with my hate. <laughs> so I've always told my kids I love them, but I have to be aware they might have different love languages. And so some of the love languages are things like words of affirmation. Here's the problem. If I love you with my love language and it's not your love language, I may as well be talking German. Because you won't feel the love. Now, how many of you have heard of love languages? I'm sure most of you have. Have you learned the love languages of the people around you? Because if you haven't, the truth of the matter is, you're talking them to them in a language they don't know. I, I, I would have women in tears. I do love him. I do love him. He doesn't love me. And he'd be getting fit to be tied that's not true. She doesn't love me. Those are gender love languages. I'm going to get there. But the five love languages are very, very important. And so I encourage every one of you, these are not my notes, so I'm not trying to promote myself. Get them. They are online. Get them. Ask your sons. Ask your daughter. Ask your wife. Ask your husband. Don't use it as a weapon. See, you don't love me like this. No. All right, because instead of this sermon healing everyone, it's going to create the great divide. This is not about using this as a weapon so that you can measure your husband and say, yep, yeah, he doesn't love me. That self-righteous, selfish, good-for-nothing. Now, I want, you to do, <laughs> I want you to do this so that you could learn how to love the people around you better. Okay, And if everyone worries about taking the plank out of their own eye, we won't have a forest fire. Okay? Amen. Does that sound good? Everybody in agreement? All right. Look, do I believe this is important? Absolutely. It will improve your marriage. It will improve your relationship with your kids. And it might take time, but it will work. God speaks all five of these love languages. And honestly, as born-again Christians, so should you. 
God speaks all five of these love languages, and so should you. The Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all men that I might win some. Well, if we're going to become all things to all people that we could win them to Jesus Christ, we've got to learn how to love them in all five of these love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, the giving of gifts. They are not big gifts. They are the little sentimental, thoughtful gifts. They're not the gifts that come in with great expense. The only expense is that you actually took time to think about the individual. Everybody hear me? How many of you have, would say words of affirmation is your number one love language? Raise your hand real quick. Okay. You see, do you know why I stop preaching and I say, hang on a second. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. Because words of affirmation is my number one love language. Hello? <laughs> it is, it is, I'll tell you, it is. <laughs> How many of you, quality time. You don't have to be doing something special or this greatest adventure. You could just be sitting down on the couch with your friend or your husband or your wife or your kid and you, it's just the best thing in the world. How many of you, quality time? Yeah, I understand that. Quality time in me fights for second, sometimes second or third place. It, it hovers there. Receiving of gifts or giving gifts. That little sentimental thing. When somebody gives you something and it's just thoughtful and sentimental and it means the world to you. Who, who, how many of you fit into that category? All right. Cool. Cool. See, I knew that about Amber. Amber, little gifts like that. And uh, okay, acts of service. You feel loved when somebody's offering to help you out and do things for you. Acts of service. Okay, very good. And physical touch. You know, guys, <laughs> when guys are good buddies, Joe, would you step out into the aisle? Yeah, thank you. When guys are buddies, we're a little bit different than girls, you know. Two women will get together and say, oh, your hair is so lovely. <laughs> I have never said that to a guy. You just did. You just did. <laughs> when two guys are buddies, hey, how are you? And we fight, we, you know, we're rough with each other. And, and, and usually... That's physical touch, guy to guy, you know? Getting a little bit rough. He, he's too big for me, so I won't try to get too rough with him, right? Uh, uh, <clears throat> One of my buddies was here the other day. Many of you know him. Haas and Linda, they're my good friends. And Haas was here, and I couldn't help but just keep punching him. How are you, man? <laughs> and after a while, Haas is a lot bigger than me. I thought, you know what? You punched him one too many times. <laughs> All right, thank you. Physical touch. Just to, hey, I appreciate you so much. You see that? I just gave her words of affirmation, and I'm singling her out. We're having a quality time moment, and I put my hand on her shoulder. Uh, and by the way, I mean that too. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I do. I am a very blessed pastor. God has given me a lot of really good folk in this church. But learning the love languages, it's easy for me to just love out of words of affirmation. But that's not, that's not Amber's love language. I tell Amber all the time, I love you. I do. And, and, and I go to hug her. And uh, physical touch isn't always high on her list, okay? And uh, so sometimes when I go to hug her, I can feel a little bit of resistance. Those are my love languages. But if I love her out of my love languages, 10 years later, she'll be bankrupt of love from her father figure. And I have to keep learning her love language, and love her the way it says to her, Dad loves me. Amen? 
This is, this is important stuff. Your kids, as small as they are, hey, church, isn't it really cool? We got little kids in church. They've been quiet. Look at that. I commend you parents for bringing them. I know it's not easy having your kids in church. And as soon as, you know, all the volunteers are feeling comfortable coming back, we'll kick off kids' church again. But they're an integral part of the body of Jesus Christ. You know, I don't see them over the chairs, but just now I started to see them. That's cool. Kids are in church. That's awesome. Give them a big round of applause. Yay for the kids. But even your children, even at this age and younger, already have their own love language. You know, if you come home from work and all your kid wants you to do is, Daddy, Daddy, come sit down next to me, and I want to read you a story. That kid's got quality time as a love language. Daddy, Daddy, I want to show you the grade I got at school. You just walked in the door, and all they'd want to do is show you their grade. They want words of affirmation. Daddy, daddy, and they come running up and they just hug you and they don't want to let go of your leg. Physical touch. And the people that matter the most to us can go through life with us never feeling love their way. I don't want to love you conveniently. We should not love each other conveniently. Love is measured by the sacrifice it takes to learn your partner or your son or your daughter's love language and you go out of your way to love them so that they feel loved. Can I get an agreement? Amen. 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 Praise God. You know what? I'm going to leave it there for today. You guys have been really, really good. During this series, you've been very, very attentive. I appreciate that. We haven't had the shortest meetings during this series. But I also know that God's really been working in people's lives. I, I can't tell you all the testimonies that get told to me. And you know what? I have a couple of testimonies too that during this series as I've been giving out, God's been taking care of things as well. I just love the fact that God is at work. I love that. If I could with a flick of a switch just bring the whole presence of God down and get everyone healed, I would do it in one heartbeat's time. I would. Fix every problem, get everyone healed in themselves Get every wound closed up and touched with the grace of God. I would do it. I pray it together with Pastor Jan, together with Pastor Tom, together with prayer warriors like Donna uh, Jar, Donna Johnson, uh, Kathy here, now that she's uh, retired, she comes in as well. And every morning we pray. We don't pray. God make us rich. We pray for the church. We pray for the unsaved. We start our day for two and a half years now. Every day we're praying for the needs of the people and we're praying for God to move. Real love isn't convenient. Real love is measured by sacrifice. So to love each other isn't going to be the easiest, happiest thing in the world. It's a sacrifice to love. How did God love us? Sacrificially. How does God want us to love? Sacrificially. Come on, let's stand. You know, a lot was done in the worship. And I believe a lot was said even in this shorter sermon. Was it short? I don't know. This unfinished sermon. But you know what? This message will never really be finished.
Because it's the message you and I have to work on every day. Really. Most of the issues in life, I've been counseling a long time. Most of the issues in life come from some form of rejection. You know what rejection is? It's the lack of perfect love. Genuine, sincere, honest love. And God is saying, don't you get it? All of the law and all the prophets are wrapped up in. Get passionate in your relationship with me as I am passionate in my relationship with you. That's what God says. And learn to respect yourself and love yourself. Don't trash yourself. When you trash yourself, you're trashing me. That's what God says. I created you in my image. You are talking the language of the devil when you disrespect yourself. When you call yourself an idiot, and even if you don't say it, but you think it, and you put yourself down, I said it last week, you are having communion with a demon. You say, Pastor, stick to Scripture. Okay. In Revelation, it says he is the accuser of the brethren. And you're, you are the brethren. And he doesn't just accuse you to God and God blows him off. The reason why he speaks in your head is because God blew him off. God won't listen. And so he'll come and talk to you. He'll talk to me. He used to talk to me a lot on this topic. You're useless. You're no good. You're to this and you're to that and you're not enough of this. I don't listen to him anymore. I don't break bread with him anymore. I break bread with the word of God, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that word is filled with affirmations about how much God loves me. I tell the devil, you go to hell. Go back where you belong. He's the only one who really belongs there. Don't ever say that to a human being. You go back to hell in Jesus' name. Love yourself. Because if the Bible says, don't say you love God if you don't love your brother, you are your own brother also. And if you don't love you, something in that love relationship with God is broken. It's unhinged. And it needs to be mended. Am I saying good stuff? Get passionate about God. I promise you, if you get passionate about God, you'll start to heal. Spend time in His presence. Run after Him. Chase Him down. Cry out to the heavens. Fast. Say, God, I don't want to eat. I want to spend time with you. Get serious with God. I'm telling you, the more you love God, the more you will come out healed. It'll fix everything. The more you love him, the more you'll start to understand. He really loves me. He really loves me. And you'll start to love you and respect you. I pray to God that every one of you fall in love with yourself. I mean that. We, we, you know, in the natural, in the world, oh, that sounds funny. Oh, he loves him. No. Because if you love yourself, you'll love others. And you will love yourself best when you love God best. And when you know that God loves you best. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Praise God. Every eye closed. God loves you. He doesn't just want you to go to church. He wants to live inside you. He wants to have church in you. He wants quality time in your heart. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's not about going to a place called grace and faith. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering of the believers. That's extremely important. 
But this relationship with God starts one-on-one. Square-toed to square-toed with God. He loves you. And you've got to accept His quality time and that He loves you. And if you've never done that, I'm not looking for notches on my belt. I'm just looking to connect people with the answer to their lives. God loves you. And whether you're watching via live stream or you're in this room right now, if you have never allowed God to love you, if you have never accepted the love of God, if you have never said, Jesus, come into my heart, you need to do that right now. You do. Every eye closed, every head bowed. To those of you that are watching, whether you're watching now while it's live stream or in two years' time, to every one of you in this room, if you know you need to open your heart to God and get relationship with Him happening, while everyone's eyes are closed, raise your hand right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Put your hand up and say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. All right. I see that hand. God bless you. Father, I just pray for everyone in this house and everyone who's watching. I thank you for the healings that you've been doing in people's lives. I thank you that you've been ousting tormentors, demons that have hassled people and held them in bondage in certain areas of their life. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing deliverance. Thank you for bringing healing. Thank you for bringing truth and revelation. And in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're the one who brings the power of God to do the miraculous. I thank you. That everything that has been sowed here today, nothing will be in vain and it will spring forth and produce multiple harvests in Jesus' name. Now those of you who raised your hand, everyone just repeat after me. Dear God, I believe you love me. I accept that today with all of my mistakes with all of my sin, I thank you for loving me. Jesus, you died on that cross for me. And I accept you. Thank you for loving me. Come into my life. And let's spend some quality time. Live in me. And live through me. Forgive me of all my sins. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise offering? Come on. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I love you guys. Yeah. I do. I appreciate the fact I have a pastoral team. It's not about titles. They care about you. They really do. I wouldn't have it any other way. In fact... I won't give the title if they can't give the love. To be in leadership in this house, you have to be a good servant. If you're not a good servant, you'll never be a good leader. Amen. Leaders never stop being servants. Godly leaders never stop being servants. Love each other. Love yourself. Learn each other's love languages. Please come and get these. Do them. Do it. Make copies of it and get your kids to do it. And keep a copy of what your kids' love language is. Do it. And let's love a whole lot better than we've ever loved before. God bless you. Have a great week. 
and I'll see you soon. Amen.